0: A lot can happen in three years, like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage that lasts nearly three years in some states. Learn more at UH1.com. Welcome, friends, to another r slash pro-revenge video. If you like revenge and you want to join me in getting some against the YouTube algorithm, make sure to hit the like and subscribe buttons down below. That said, our first story of the day is by Sting Ray Rodriguez. You probably shouldn't mistreat your employees if they can destroy your livelihood simply by walking away. Background. For the last two and a half years, I've handled personal injury claims for an attorney. He's a solo practitioner, meaning he's the only attorney at the firm. There's no HR, just me and two other paralegals and a bookkeeper. The other paralegals do workers' comp and have no experience with or knowledge of personal injury cases. I was trained by the person i replaced before they officially left so now i'm the only one who knows how to do my job i'm also the only one who's been able to work weekends which he needs in order to work on big projects i'm also the only one who's a certified notary public the attorney's in his mid to late 60s and refuses to adapt to technology he cannot type not on a keyboard not on a phone once when i was absent he tried to get into my computer He called me because he claimed my keyboard was missing the N key. I explained where the N is and he found out, but ultimately couldn't unlock my computer because he doesn't comprehend how shift works. Every document, every email, every letter that has ever been sent from his office was typed by someone else. He doesn't have his own email account, not even a personal account. When he gives people an email, it seems like it's his email with his name, but a paralegal's behind the account and acts as him when replying to emails. The abuse slash jerk behavior. The first time I knew something was wrong was after I sent an email that was misinterpreted by the recipient, so they thought we would be paying a client's debt out of their settlement even though we hadn't determined that yet. I didn't say that to the creditor, I was trying to ask for a breakdown of the charges, but the way I worded it was too vague and it was my mistake. But it was so blown out of proportion. He called me and my coworkers into his office. Literally, only so they could be an audience to me getting yelled at as a humiliation tactic. He then accused my coworkers one by one, Would you have done this? And they all responded, No, of course not, never. I thought him calling in my coworkers for this was so disgusting. At that moment, I knew this was no good and I had to get out of there. But I couldn't leave because I needed his recommendation for law school. One thing he hates is mistime. I was going through all my pay stubs for 2021 for a background check company for my new job and found that I only missed a total of 6 DAYS. We're allowed time off on paper in our employment contract but he throws a huge fit and in practice we really are not allowed to miss work for any reason. I had to undergo surgery last year, I found out I had to miss 4 days of work because I had to get tested for COVID, then self-quarantine until the procedure and then I was required to rest on the fourth day, though it was highly recommended by my doctor to rest for longer. The attorney said this was too long to go without working and made me come back two days after my surgery. When I came back that day, he called me into his office and told me I was not allowed to miss any more work for any reason, or I would be fired. I had a post-op visit with my doctor for him to check that the surgery was a success. I was told if I went to this appointment, I would lose my job so I never went to the appointment. Also last year, my grandma passed away. I was only allowed a half day off, only to attend the wake. The funeral was on a Sunday, which is usually when I work with him, so he had me come in that Saturday instead, the day before the funeral. All my family from all over the country had come up, and they were all getting together that day, but I missed it. When I was there Saturday, he told me that I needed to come in briefly the next day to notarize something. The time he provided was in the middle of the funeral. I said no, reminded him about the funeral. He said I at least had to be available by phone at that time to do the notarization remotely. I refused. Another paralegal last year requested Christmas Eve off following the proper method outlined in the personnel policy. More than 30 days beforehand, she asked everyone else if we would be available. We all agreed we would be. She marked, everyone's calendars and left a note for the attorney. When she returned the next day, he had responded by leaving a post note on her desk with NO written on it. He then created a new rule that all employees were required to work Christmas Eve and New Year's Eve. Earlier this year, there was a terrible snowstorm. The office closed that day, luckily. In my neighborhood, we all park on the street, and during snowstorms, cars need to be removed from the street for plows. My landlord told me to park in this church parking lot with the rest of the neighborhood. I parked there, and the next day, the parking lot had not been plowed when it was time to go to work. There was feet of snow. Even if my car was cleared, I wouldn't be able to move it through. I called the attorney, and he said, I clearly don't care about this job. I'm taking advantage of him, and if I don't come in, this is unacceptable, and I'd be fired. He directed me to take an Uber. I checked the Uber app and waited for over an hour. No Ubers were available the entire time. I live in a remote area. I called the attorney again and he decided to come pick me up and bring me to work himself, but then had me find my own ride home. There was another snowstorm the next month. I was staying at my boyfriend's and his driveway was on a small incline. I couldn't get my car up the driveway in the snow. I tried for so long all different directions and angles and speeds and it could not go the attorney gave me the same exact speech again and accused me of lying and taking advantage of him and said all my coworkers got in perfectly fine once the driveway was plowed i was able to come into work i was 2 to 3 hours late he called me into his office and said i'm on probation forbidden from using personal time the 2 to 3 hours would be taken out of my paycheck He also told me I shouldn't stay over at my boyfriend's house on a work night. At this time, I had received my letter of recommendation from him, gotten into a great law school and had been looking for new jobs and doing virtual interviews during my lunch. Around March, he notified us that he cancelled our pension plan and we were all getting payouts. Mine was a significant amount of money that I desperately needed to repay a personal loan. He said the payout would be in September. He told me that if I quit or got fired, taxes would be taken out, and I would get less than half that amount, but if I stayed, he was using some sort of tax loophole, and I'd get the full payout amount. So I stayed, hoping to leave in September. The personnel policy contains the typical rule that if a federal holiday were to fall on a weekend, the closest weekday would be off. This year, the 4th of July was to be on a Sunday, so we'd get the following Monday off. Weeks before this, the attorney passed around an amendment to the personal policy where this rule was discarded, so we had to come in on the Monday, which was technically the legal celebration of the 4th of July. Another paralegal still had her full week of vacation time at the end of her cycle, and it was going to expire. She was trying to use it all up before that would happen. She took off a Monday and a Thursday during one week. When she returned, the attorney announced a new rule that we could not take off multiple days per week. She had a half day remaining of her vacation time eventually and left early one day. Of course with the 30 days notice and everything mentioned beforehand, when she came back, he announced a new rule that we can't take half days. Either we have to take a full day off or be there all day. Other things he did. He ripped a pen out of my hand to get my attention when I was trying to talk to a client on the phone. He came into my office wanting to give me a packet of papers and instead of handing them to me, threw them on the floor for me to retrieve and collect. At the beginning of a Zoom deposition, the court reporter said she was never sent the exhibits by me. I assured the attorney I did send them to her. He didn't believe me and directed me to sit in front of the camera in view of the attorneys, clients, and reporter apologize and figure out a remedy. I started to do this and then the court reporter said, oh, never mind. found your email. A motion was filed in one of our cases and he didn't know what it meant. So he had me go to websites for other law firms and anonymously ask what to do in their free chat options. He had paralegals drive them to every hearing because he didn't want to pay for parking in the city and didn't want to park any of his Porsches on a public street. He also had paralegals drive him to personal appointments, bring him through Dunkin Donuts drive-throughs, and pick him up and drop him off at the car wash every week. No one was ever reimbursed for this. When he pulls up to the office, he idles in the road, wordlessly brings in a bag of Dunkin Donuts and tea to the lobby, and then gets back in the car to find a parking space in the lot. This is an unspoken signal for the paralegal closest to the front of the office to go out get his food and tea and put them on his desk. He does not carry anything else into the office. He required me to perform personal notarizations for him for free. I performed over a hundred notarizations for his family members for free, and he never asked me, only demanded it of me. He called me good girl whenever I succeeded at something and has touched my shoulders and legs. Whenever he wants to cancel something at the very last second, he lies and claims his son is back in the hospital. His son almost died in 2019 and was hospitalized for 4-5 to five months and was in a coma. He made a full recovery in early 2020. I got sick for the first time this year in July, a really terrible cold. I was noticeably sick at the office. The next day, I felt much worse and called out. My boss texted back in response, No surprise! The last straw, I finally started law school. Beforehand, he was so excited for me. He wrote a glowing recommendation, but there was a mandatory orientation over a period of two days, and I had to leave hours early in order to attend this. I got the email about this from school only about three weeks before the events, less than 30 days. I told the attorney on that same day, and he said that it would be okay. But after I went to orientation the following workday, he said I was back on probation because I provided less than 30 days notice. I was once again forbidden from using personal time. I told him I earned personal time. He said I could not get paid for not being there. That cost him. I said that was the purpose of personal time. There were other mandatory events for school that took place between the day classes ending and night classes beginning since both divisions had to attend. I missed every single one of them. I missed my mandatory meeting with my academic advisor. I missed mandatory academic success sessions. The attorney told me that he was the most flexible employer out there, that other law firms would be more harsh and less forgiving. I thought about how all of my classmates worked full time in the legal field and were able to attend all the mandatory sessions. I decided to schedule a meeting with my school's director for the Center for Career Development. I specifically wanted to ask about his claim that other law firms would be far less accommodating to me wanting to go to school. Let me tell you, this woman was shocked and horrified at what I told her. She muted herself to yell and swear. She told me to line up a new job, quit with no notice, and threaten to call the police if he harassed or threatened me afterwards. I stated that I was concerned about my clients. I completely handle the personal injury cases by myself. The attorney doesn't know what's going on with the cases, what to do on the cases or how to do anything for them. He does worker's comp and I do his personal injury cases all myself. I didn't want the clients to suffer because of me. The director responded that it absolutely would not be on me, it would be completely on him for committing malpractice. So I started applying to new jobs. It was now October and we never got those payouts. I talked to the bookkeeper and she revealed that this entire time taxes were going to be taken out of it. Whether we stayed, whether we quit, whether we got fired, we would be receiving the same amount. The revenge, so I lined up a new job, a perfect job working from home, flexible hours, the nicest boss and co-workers of all time, double the pay, and tons more benefits. I planned on lining them up perfectly, quitting the day before starting my new job, but there was an intervening incident in the meantime. One day, the attorney was dictating something to another paralegal, the one who mainly answers the phone. When this happens, the other paralegal and I have to be sure to answer the phone, so that she doesn't have to stop typing and interrupt the attorney's train of thought. They had been dictating for over an hour when I decided to go to the bathroom. When I came out about two minutes later, the phone was ringing and I saw that the other paralegal was already on the other line. We're not allowed to let the phone ring more than twice, so the paralegal who was typing with the attorney answered the second call before I could get to my desk. The attorney instantly starts screaming and bursts into my office, ''You need to answer the phone!'' he started. I said, ''I was just in the bathroom.'' He said, ''I don't care. You need to be here to answer the phone so that she doesn't have to stop typing.'' You should have held off until we were done. They then proceeded to type for another hour straight. In the meantime, I made a list of every case I had and what needed to be done on it. I made a list of every upcoming court date. I made a list of every upcoming deadline. I grabbed my folder of all the upcoming deposition notices and the upcoming interrogatory deadlines. I wrote a letter of resignation. I called my landlord and told him I was going to quit an abusive job before I start a new job and this would result in December rent being a few weeks late. He was very understanding and said this wasn't a problem if I paid rent late. I walked into his office with my resignation letter and the packet of materials. I'm gonna need you to drive me down to the workers' compensation office now and hand deliver this for me, he told me. Actually, I said, I'm resigning. I handed him the packet and he read my short letter of resignation, which only said I was resigning my position effective immediately. He immediately said he was sorry for how he spoke to me earlier, he was just stressed. He asked if I would finish the day, it was about 2pm, and I said no, I was leaving now. He said okay, then asked me to do one more personal notarization for him before I go. Here's what's gonna happen now, he's gonna lose every single personal injury case. I'm the only one who knows what to do for those cases. I'd seen another paralegal there attempt to write a complaint before, first document in a civil case. And it was completely wrong and made no sense no one else knows how to even access the online case system on the state's judicial website so no one knows if anything gets filed no one knows when the court rules on anything or creates a new deadline or schedules a hearing the public can access these cases too so i just looked up some and saw they haven't filed a single document on these cases since i quit and certain deadlines have already been violated No one, including the attorney, knows how to mark a motion for the short calendar. So if they ever manage to file any motion, it'll never get scheduled and never get ruled on. There are important depositions coming up, and no one will know how to prepare for them. No one will know what questions to ask. No one will know what's going on in the case to prepare good enough questions. No one else knows the history of the case. Deposition questions are always worked on on the weekends, but since I'm the only one who was able to work weekends, and the other paralegals have other responsibilities, they won't be able to get any done at all. Interrogatory deadlines are coming up too, which means they'll need a notary public to have the client swear to the truthfulness of their responses. But no one in that office is a notary now. How are they going to get that done? Every time a workers comp case faces a final settlement, which is a few times per month, I notarized all the required documents. How are they going to do that now? Every deadline is going to be missed. Deadline for a scheduling order is coming up on a case. It's a document where you and the other side set all the other deadlines in the case. And no one will know how to fill that out. No one will know how each deadline is supposed to relate to each other. Which one comes first, which deadline is supposed to come exactly 3 months after another deadline? The attorney doesn't know this either. Interrogatories won't get done. When I first started working on those, they took me months to work on. No one will even know that there's different interrogatory forms for different types of cases. They're gonna get motions for order and motions for default filed against them in every case. Very bad documents to get filed against you. Clients are going to be calling and the paralegals will not even know what to say since they only handle workers' comp. And the attorney will have no answers either since he doesn't know how those cases work either. So he'll ignore the calls and hopefully all the clients will take their business elsewhere. The only way they can possibly recover is by hiring someone with the exact experience with these types of cases in the same jurisdiction who's also a notary and who also is available weekends, willing to work rigid hours with little benefits and terrible pay. Apparently, before I was hired, they were looking for months. That was before COVID, and workers are much more demanding now, and are much less willing to accept bad jobs. I also noticed they haven't even had time to post a job ad yet. I was very naive when I started working there and had this type of mental attitude and lack of self-respect that left me very susceptible to abuse. I believe any normal self-respecting person who may come in for an interview would feel bad vibes. They could tell by the way he talks and acts. I'm able to pick up on things like that now. The end. Although OP had to kind of suffer at the hands of this abusive workplace, I'm glad that they were able to get out of there and get in a much better situation eventually. If you were in OP's shoes, would you have been able to go on in this job for as long as OP did? Or would it only take a couple of the instances that this attorney had where it was ridiculous demands and new policies and whatnot, before you were like, you know what, I'm looking for a new job. Let me know what you think in the comments down below. But with that being said, that's all the time we have for today. If you haven't yet, if you could like and subscribe, that would mean a lot to me. Whatever you do, whether it's liking, subscribing, turning notifications on, all of it helps grow this channel, and I appreciate the heck out of it. So until next time, I'll see you all tomorrow with some more stories. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time.